So we're in a series called uh, My Crazy Family. We've been in it for four weeks, and I, I, I'm so... This, this series has helped me if it hadn't helped anybody else. Now, throughout the week, the last three or four weeks, Brandy and I have sort of looked at each other in the middle of something we're doing wrong and been like, oh, remember that thing we talked about we were going to do and we're not doing it right now. We're doing that completely wrong. And so this series has helped me if it hadn't helped anybody else. Let me give you a little insight into preachers. Most of the time, I'm just talking to me and y'all all get to listen. <laughs> like that's, that's usually what... Uh, what happened. So God's been talking to my heart about that. And so the last four weeks we said that that there were, uh, you know, there's an ideal that God has for you, that God has a plan for you. And then, and then there's the real thing that happens in our family. And there's this gap in between what is ideal and what's real. And we said that there's tension, you know, this, this gap and the tension that exists in the gap is sort of where all of our families strive. And we said, you know, the, the one thing we could do, I guess, is just do away with God's ideal family. Or what we said was it's better that God forgives us when we fall short, but we're still going to reach for what's right. We're still going to reach for God's ideal family. We're not going to give up on what God had in mind for the family. There were four things in the New Testament we said that, uh, generally speaking, these four kind of overarching ideas that the Bible would talk about in families, if you're taking notes, and I hope that you are, the first thing is husbands love your wives like Christ loves the church. All the wives say amen. Good. That, that wasn't as strong as I felt like you were going to be. That's okay. Wives, submit to your husbands. All the husband, don't say anything. Don't. He's not talking to you. Don't say anything. We talked about mutual submission and asking the question of one another. Uh, what, what would happen? How can I help you? What would happen if I leverage everything that I have, all of my influence, all of my decision? If I leverage that for your benefit, what would happen? And then last week, we talked about children obey your parents. We talked to parents of young children, older children. Your kids have left the house or maybe you're raising grandkids or blended families, single parents, everybody. We said that uh, it's, it's just super important. A couple of weeks ago, we talked just about parents and what that means and sort of how you create a great family, uh, the culture that you build, the uniqueness that you build inside of your family. Today, we're going to sort of land on that last one, fathers don't irritate your children. And, and, and really, more than just, you know, like we said with the wives, it's, it's more than just uh, the idea that dads and children, we're going to talk about conflict. We're going to talk about irritation. We're going to talk about how to deal with family Fights. I don't want you to raise your hand, but some of you fought with your family on the way to church today. Do not lie. You know that you did. Sunday mornings is when you fight the most. I talk, I was counseling a couple of one time, and they said, I don't know why this is, but on our way to church every single Sunday, that's when we fight the most. And, of course, I blame the devil, uh, and, and uh, you know, that's what spiritual stuff we do. But the, the truth of the matter is family just fights, and conflict uh, exists in our families, and that's just the way it is. We have a lot of things that are different about our families, but the one thing that's pretty consistent is everybody in here if you have a family that is blended or single parent or you've been married a long time or you just got married or no kids or whatever your family dynamic is everybody here has conflict at some point in your uh, family or not and the reason that there are so many fights inside of your home uh, is because everybody's different in your home and the truth is there's just no winning when there's fights in your home you know what I'm saying there's just no winning to, to conflict in your home even when you feel like you win sometimes you lose let me illustrate men if you win the fight you get to sleep on the couch so you win 
but you lose. You know what I'm saying? There's just no, there's just no win in, in this conflict in your family. And you, it, there's just no, you sort of go to the end of this thing and go, well, what did we accomplish by all that screaming and yelling and cussing and fussing and throwing and no, nothing got accomplished and we're still kind of in, in the same boat that we are. And the reason is because we're all so very different. And, and conflict, if you don't deal with it, if you don't know how to deal with it God's way, it can just go on and on and on and fester in your family where things get, terrible in your family. You end up with a broken family and things kind of fall apart. I hope that you're taking notes on the back of your worship guide. is a great place to do that. Here, here's the reason why conflict exists is because you're putting a couple of people in the same house that are totally different. How many of you married somebody? Just be honest. They know. It's not like you're going to like, <laughs> like rat them out. How many of you married somebody totally different than you? Just raise your hands. Everybody. Yeah, most people did. Like, they think differently than I do. How many of you are the, the saver married to the spender? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. No. There's usually one saver and there's one spender. There's usually somebody in the, uh, there's somebody in the, in the family that you know, does it. How many of you are married to the slob? Come on, women. You're, you're the clean one. He's the slob. Nobody's raising your hand. Good. You, dude, you're, you're going to come home with me. You don't raise your hand. <laughs> some, some husband just raised his hand. You can sleep on my couch, Holmes. <laughs> we, we just we shove all these people together like you know in this house and they're so different and that's why conflict exists you got so many different people here I, I made a list of the things that I think you have the, the, the first one is the peacekeeper how many of you know the, the peacekeeper the peacekeeper is a person who never wants to fight you want them to fight you're like please would you please fight back and they're just like no I'm fine everything's fine I just don't want to I don't want to talk about it I just, and, 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 they, and they just want to keep the peace I'll do whatever you want just so everybody thinks our family's good the peacekeeper do you have a peacekeeper in your family point at them like you're that's you you just <laughs> it's the same dude <laughs> you, you that's hard to believe because you just ratted yourself out on the slob thing <laughs> like the peacekeeper just doesn't want it and then you got the powder you know the powder the person that like that, that, that pouts about it and you're like what what's wrong nothing N nothing no, I'm fine. Nothing's wrong at all. Well, if if you're if you're fine, why are you sucking your thumb like now? Like, what's going on with you? Like, why why are you? I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's not fine. You know, everything's not fine. Then you got the the stuffer, the person that sort of stuffs everything down in them. How many of you? How many of you are married to a man that stuffs everything down? Y'all know it's true. You just are. You don't don't raise your hand if you're a man. I'm never going to set you up like that. You just stuff it all down, and, and then and, and negative emotions sort of just, you know, it, it, nothing ever comes out. I, everything's fine. If you're okay, I'm okay. Everything's fine. I don't want to talk about it. Usually the stuffer are those weird, like, serial killer types. You're like, you're like <laughs> at one day they blow up, and there's blood everywhere, and you're like, whoa, what, what in the world just happened to you? It's like just they just stuffed it all down, and then you got the lawyer. Some of you, we actually have lawyers that attend our church. Are in this now. I'm not talking about those. I'm just talking about the person who like who keeps a good record. You know what I'm talking about? The person that like has a journal of all your fights, and they like they bring up what happens like when you were 12. Oh, I remember. I remember what you did. Don't don't act like you don't know. And they have pie charts and powerpoints and stuff, and like stories about Ben Franklin, and they're just oh, they just they just have this. They're just lawyers. I mean, if you're married to a lawyer, come on, you just, this, dude, you get, don't raise your hand anymore, brother. I'm asking you not to raise your hand anymore. 
And then you have the screamer, the, the person that just yells all of the time, and you're like, Dude, why are you so... If you married to a screamer and you weren't raised in a home that's screaming, the first time it happens, you're like, whoa, demon, come out! Like, who are you? What happened to you? You turn into this other... I, I was sort of raised in this, and, you know, and, and I, I tend to do this, and here's what, I, here's what screamers blame. They say, I'm just, I'm not yelling. I'm just, like, I'm just passionate. That's what preachers always say. Like, I'm just trying to make my point. I'm, this is not screaming. This is screaming! You know, and then we like all dramatic and whatnot. And you're married to the screamer, and, and, and everybody is, is so different. And all of this stuff, all of these different people is the reason why... Things get, get, get messed up in your house. How is there supposed to be, you know, kind of this? How is there supposed to be peace in a home when there's all of these different people and all of these different personalities, all these different kinds of things in your home? There's a reason why conflict exists. is because there's so many different ways to deal with it. And everybody here is dealing with it differently. Some of you sort of stuffing it down, acting like it doesn't exist. You've gone this whole series saying, I don't know what he's talking about. We're fine. And then there's some of you who scream at each other on the way home from church. Like, I told you. Even the preacher don't like you. <laughs> like every, Everything's wrong in our family. And, and there's some of you pouted about it and so that's why conflict is here because everybody was made differently so I just said God what what can we do how can I help sort of as we end this whole series how can I wrap up this whole thing and say if you're in any of this situation where conflict is happening and and things are not right and things are going wrong how can I help you so I come up with four things I want you to take good notes I come up with four things I think that God would have us to do and it's kind of centered around the book of James now let me kind of give you a setup if you're new to the Bible James is the brother of Jesus, the half-brother of Jesus. And uh, he writes a very practical book in the New Testament. He's writing to Christians, and he's writing a very, very practical uh, sort of look into the Christian of faith. And specifically, he talks a lot about relationships, believe that or not. And so James is kind of where we'll go. The first thing I want you to write down, the first thing I think you need to do if you're going to resolve conflict God's way in your family is you need to stop to listen. Everybody say, listen. You got to stop to listen. James 1 and 19 says this. Everyone should be quick. Underline that in your Bible. Everybody should be quick to listen. Quick to listen. Not quick to jump to what I want to say next. Here's the problem with that. If most of the time, it's it, you're only listening so that you know what your response is going to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm listening to you right now, but I'm thinking about what I'm saying next. Like, I got, already got something. Don't let me forget what I'm going to say to you right now because I got something I'm waiting on. James would say, no, no, no. I want you to be quick to listen to the other person. If you're going to resolve conflict, you're going to have to learn how to keep your mouth closed. My my mama used to say there's a reason why you got two ears and one mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going to have to learn how to listen more in your family than you are talk more. This is hard for preachers. This is hard for people who communicate for a living because I feel like if I can just get you to hear my point, then you'll be on my side. You know what I'm saying? The problem in our marriages or the problem in our family, the problem with my kids is that y'all just not hearing me. So I'm going to keep talking and not listen. And James, the first thing he says is, I want you to be quick to listen. And then Proverbs would echo that. Proverbs 18, it says this. This is what happens. Only the fool does this. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding. I love this. I love the Bible for this. But he delights in airing his own opinions. He said, listen, if all that you know how to do is talk about what you think about's going on, you're a fool. 
The fool doesn't have any delight in understanding. It, it does, I don't really want to know something. and I just, I just kind of want you to hear my opinion. I don't even really care what your side of the story. I don't really care what you have to say. I'm not listening to you. And the first thing you got to do, if you're going to have a great family, if you're going to resolve conflict in your family God's way, you're going to have to learn how to stop to listen. Be quick to Listen to that. In counseling couples, here's what I always say. that A good way to do that is sort of repeat back to them. Here's what I've heard. Here's what you said. You said, you know, that I'm, I'm a slob. And so let me, you know, you raised your hand in church and told everybody I was a slob. So what, here's kind of what, here's what I heard you say. Is that what you're saying? And it validates that you're actually listening. How many of you talk to somebody and you know the whole time you're talking, they ain't listening to you. Their eyes are somewhere over there. They're thinking about the Cowboys 11 and 1. I'm going to give you all 11 and 1. They're thinking about something else. They're way over there and, and, and they're not listening to you at all. And sometimes like when that happens, I'll just make up random like crazy stuff. Like I'll just start talking about like unicorns just, just, just so this because I know you're not listening to me. A good way to, to, to you know is sort of repeat back and say, listen, I'm hearing you out. Even your kids, even your parents, even in your, in your, in your, your relationship, your spouse or your girlfriend, you've you got, you got to be able to say, hey, listen, I'm hearing you out. Here's what I heard you say. The first thing is be quick to listen. Here's the second thing I hope you're taking good notes is guard your words. Guard your words. James 1.19 continues. It said everyone should be quick to listen and then slow to speak. Quick to listen and then slow to speak. It's in that order. It said I want you to listen first. And then I want to watch your mouth. Proverbs 21 says, watch your tongue. This is my favorite translation. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you'll stay out of trouble. Some of you need to write that on your refrigerator for your kids. Like here, This is your life verse. Like you need this. Proverbs 21, 23 says, if you'll learn how to keep your mouth shut and your tongue in your mouth, you will, you will stay out of trouble. Trouble. Here's, here's two questions I want you to ask when you're in the, an argument. Uh, not right now, but two questions I want you to ask when you're in an argument is, should this be said? Should this be said? And number two, should it be said now? Should, it, should I even say this? And should I say it now? Because there's sometimes when you need to wait for tensions to sort of calm down and then say something. How many of you know it's not always the right time to say everything you know? You know what I'm saying? Even though it sounds good, sounds like it's the right thing, you're just trying to help. No, no, no. If you'll learn how to be quick to listen and slow to speak, you'll guard your words. And then, then things will sort of, you'll diffuse that situation. Some things are better to discuss in non-conflict times. It's better to not bring that up when we're in the middle of a fight. I know you don't like his mama, but they're not, you're not talking about his mama right now. So you don't have to bring up his mama right now because this is not the time for this to be discussed. Are you tracking with me, everybody? Say amen. There's just some stuff you got to guard your words. Let me give you some guidelines. Here's some things I think that in, in an argument you never should do. Never call names. Never, 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 never call names. Don't call each other dumb, ignorant, stupid, idiot. That's just... It's just not it's just not good. Don't don't do it to your kids. Don't do it to your spouse. Don't do it. Don't raise your voice. Come on, screamers. You're gonna have to learn how to lower your voice. I know that you think you're just being passionate, but here's what it, it even when you're not angry, it, it looks like you're angry. You know what I'm saying? It sounds like you're angry. You got blood vessels popping out like veins everywhere and and, and I know you're telling people you're not angry, but when you, when you raise your voice, you raise the temperature of the whole argument. 
you raise the temperature of the conflict. When you raise your voice with your kids, you know what happens? You raise the temperature of the conflict in your home. And when they weren't being as, as wild as they are, you raise your voice and see how loud they get. And so I, I would just, let me just encourage you, don't, don't be historical. Come on, somebody, say amen. You don't have to give a history lesson every single fight. You don't have to talk about what they did. Oh, yeah? This is just like that. When you remember when we were dating 15 years ago? You remember when you said this? And I never forgot that. I'm all about, and you pull out your book, and you're like, Here, here's what you've always done. Fight about what you're fighting about. Come on, somebody. Fight about what we're, what we're into. There's nothing wrong with you dealing with what's happening right now. Don't get historical. Don't, don't go back and pull things from, from what happened in a past deal. Or last week you said you were going to. Or last year this is what happened. And I remember when you did. Don't get hysterical either. Just <laughs> FYI. Don't get historical. Never say always or never. Never say always or never. Don't, don't, don't say, well, you never do this. Because the, the truth is they probably do whatever it is you're talking about sometimes. You never clean up after yourself. Well, sometimes I'm sure they do. You always do this. That's not true. There's, there's some times that they don't. Never say never or always. If you're married in the room, let me just tell you, don't ever, ever threaten divorce. Don't even put it on the table. Let me tell you what happens. When you open that up and sort of put that inside of your marriage, it cannot go away. Let me just give you, a, just for married couples, you will not ever go back from when you first say that this is an option. There's some stuff you just need to take off the table. You just need to take it, take it off that we're just not, this is never going to be on the table. I'm not saying I don't like you and you, you ain't going to sleep on the couch. I'm just saying, I'm not, we're not going to talk about divorce. Let me tell you something else. Your kids don't need to hear you talk about it. They need the stability of knowing, even though things are tough and there's conflict in our family, we're not talking about divorce. And I added an extra one that I just think is important. Just write this one down. Don't ever quote me when you fight. Never, never, never. Leave me out of your junk. Don't quote me. Don't, don't say the preacher said. Don't do it. Leave me out of your stuff. Don't. I don't even care. Come on. That's exactly. I don't even care if I made you raise your hand. Don't do it. Don't talk about me. You got to guard your words. Be quick to listen and be slow to speak. Here's number three. I hope you're tracking along. Here's number three. Handle your anger righteously. Handle your anger righteously. There, it's okay for you to get mad, but you got to get mad God's way. You say, God said I can get mad. You bet He did. Everyone should be quick to listen. James 1.19. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. Some of us have quick tempers and short fuses. And the Bible would say, you're going to have to learn. Let me give you, a, just right in the middle of this anger talk, let me talk about this. Some stuff you just shouldn't get mad about. you got to learn how to let it go. Come on. Some of y'all need to just sing that Frozen song to you. Just, just let it go, let it go. Just, let, just pick your battles. There's some stuff y'all fighting about. You Just don't. If you fight about everything, then the big stuff, it loses its impact. You understand what I'm saying? If you're always picking, if you're always fighting, and, and your kids, if, it, if you're always sort of coming down, and you're always hard, and everything has equal measure, then the big stuff that shows up in their life, it, then it becomes not big, because every, I get in trouble for everything, the equal amount. Does that make sense? Some stuff you just got to pick your battles on, and your marriage, listen, he's going to always use the wrong towel. If you put a towel in the bathroom, I don't care if it's monogrammed, if your grandmama made it, it don't matter. If there's a towel there and I'm wet I got a towel that's all I 
Don't fight about it. Don't, 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 just pick your battles. Men are dumb. We don't know no better. Just pick, just, I'm kidding. Just pick your battles. Just don't fight about everything. But when you have to get angry, when you do get angry, when things sort of do go up, here's what the Bible said. Ephesians said, in your anger, do not sin. You can be angry. The King James says, be angry and sin not. Don't sin then it said, let me give you the way that you not... Here's how you don't sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Now there's a mouthful in this verse. He said, don't let the sun go down when you're angry. Some of y'all going to stay up 72 hours. <laughs> y'all, gonna, y'all, just, y'all better get you some Red Bull because y'all going to be up a long time if you got to stay awake while you're angry. Here's what, here's what the writer in Ephesians is saying. He's saying, deal with what's going on today. Don't let it fester. Don't let things sort of pile up. Don't, don't let conflict keep going. You can be angry, but you're going to have to learn how to be angry and don't sin. That's handling your anger righteously. And he said, when you do that, you are not giving the devil a foothold in your home. Let me give you the reverse of that. When you carry on your anger for a week or for two weeks or for two days or three, when you're fighting and there's conflict, here's what you're doing. You're giving the enemy a foothold inside of your family. And the enemy's going to start planting stuff. And on day three, day four, day five, day 364 of this fight, the enemy goes, I, I can start breaking down. It's been long enough now. They're tired. They're weary. I'm, I'm, I can break down this family unit because there's weariness in that. He said, if you want to get angry, don't sin. Here's how you don't sin. You learn how to deal with your anger in the day that you have it. Don't, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't, don't, don't let it sort of last. We're, we're, we just finished. Brandon, I just finished our connect group this this semester, I encourage you to get in a connect group starting in January. Our new semester launches, and, and that's how we do life together. And we did a parenting connect group. One of the things that, that sort of helped us a whole bunch was about extended punishments. Because here's what happened. If there's an extended consequence or punishment, most times the kids forget why they got in trouble in the first place. You know what I mean? And you kind of disassociate you know, the, the action that got with, with the punishment and on uh, on day 10 of a grounding, I don't even know why I'm grounded anymore. You don't even know why you grounded them anymore. You know what I'm saying? So if you're going to get angry, so deal with it in the day that it is. Let's settle the tension before we go to bed. Let's address what we need to address. Let's do that in non-conflict times. I don't have to always deal with what's going on while I'm fighting with you. There's some times I can let this fight go away and then we'll talk about what's going on. Is everybody still there? Say amen. Here's the fourth thing and... And I want you to be, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to set this up. So this is, this is I saved the, this one for the last because I think it's super, I think it's the most important thing that we'll talk about. And this is sort of encapsulating the whole thing that we're talking about in, in your family. If, if everybody in the room uh, would do this, I think this would be a game changer. And James would talk about this again, still from the book of James, except a couple of chapters over, he's talking about specifically conflict and how to handle conflict in your Life In James 4, here's what he said. He said, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Can you imagine? A preacher literally walked into the room. He wrote this letter to Christians and he says, why are you fighting? Now, if I were to ask you that, most of you would point your pointy finger of love. You know which finger I'm talking about. The pointy finger of love at somebody in your family and be like, you. 
You're the reason why <laughs> that we fight. Like, it's you. It's you never do this. You, you don't clean up after yourself. You, you're the messy one. You're the one always. You never cook anything. You don't cook what I like. You don't cook anything. You don't clean like I like. Oh, yeah, well, you don't clean anything. Everybody would point the pointy finger of love, you know which one, at somebody else in the room. If you were to ask, why do you fight? Why do you quarrel? Well, it's somebody else. Now, I wouldn't be so upset if it wasn't for him. We, we wouldn't fight so much if she would just do what I told her to do. If, if our kids would just do this. If our marriage, it, it's, it's always somebody else. And James would say this. Well, why do you fight that? Well, here's what James says. Listen close. What causes fights and quarrels among you? He says, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Oh, this is good preaching. He said, I want you to, here's what, I'm going to answer the question for you. He said, why are you fighting so much? And he said, let me tell you why you're fighting so much. There's conflict in your family because there's conflict inside of you. He said, there's stuff going on in you. There's desires that battle inside of you. And because those desires are not being met, that's why you Fight. Let me say it a different way. He said, there's something inside of you. There's something going on that you didn't get. Here's, here's what he said, James 4 and 2. He said, you desire, but you don't have, so you kill. Now, James is using hyperbole here. But here's what he said. You want something to happen that they didn't do, so you kill them. So you fight with them. So you destroy them with your words. So, so, so you pick this fight. It's not because of what they did. It's because of something you wanted them to do that they did differently. It's about the conflict inside of you. He said you covet. You want something from them and you can't get what you want. This is in your Bible. I didn't even write this. Y'all believe that? This is in your Bible. He said this is why you fight. Because you want something from them that you didn't get. So you quarrel and fight. He said all conflict... All fighting, especially inside of your family, stems from inside of you. It stems from you not getting something that you want. It stems from your desire that spills out on top of everybody else. And when they don't meet your expectation, there's conflict. Here's the fourth thing I want you to write this down. You're going to have to learn how to admit your selfish desires. If you you and I are going to deal with conflict in our families, we're going to have to know this is starting by me. That the conflict, in my, the conflict in my family is because I didn't get what I want. It's because I want you to do something that you're not doing. It's because I want you to respond in a way that you're not responding. It's because I, I, I expected something out of you that you're not giving me. You've seen this. I've worked in family ministry almost all of my ministry. And, and, and I've seen parents do this to kids. And, and they crush the hearts of their, their daughters or their, their sons because there was an expectation inside of me that I thought you would do, and because you didn't, the Bible said, James said, you killed him. I, I, I expected something from you that you didn't give me, and there's conflict that comes uh, in that, and, and, and you end up killing or, or, or parents who, who, who disown their kids or kids who walk away and emancipate from their families. Why? Because they expected something out of me I could not give. There was this expectation in my heart that changed That they didn't give me what I wanted. And there's conflict in that. In marriages, oftentimes you'll see this. That there's this this driving issue and expectation. I thought you were going to be like Mario Lopez on the Hallmark Channel. I thought you were going to be... Come on, Mario Lopez. He's taken over Hallmark. I thought you were going to be... 
I thought it was going to be this easy. I thought you were going to be that kind of husband. And you're not. And my expectation bled over to you. You didn't do what I wanted. And now there's conflict. It's not necessarily what you did. It's that you didn't do what I wanted you to do. Let me ask you an honest question. What would happen in your relationships if in the middle of a fight you would just stop and you go, you know what, Here's what, uh, here's what I want you to say. I want you to write this quote down. You know what part of the problem is here? I didn't get what I want. I didn't get what I want. Like, I want you to write this sentence down. I want you to try this. When you're fighting over where you're going to go to dinner today, when you're fighting over him not cleaning, them not listening, homework not being done, house a mess, his mama, your mama, nobody's mama's, why, why, you're not a good mama, every, whatever it is that you're fighting about, I want you to stop when there's conflict and say, you know what's happening here? And she's going to say, what? You better be careful. <laughs> I'm talking about what's happening. I'm not getting what I want. This is, this is more about me. This is the real time. Listen close. This is, the, this is the actual time when it's not you. It's me. How many of you got broken up with that way? Come on. I, some of y'all ugly. I'm, you've been broken up with that way. <laughs> like I, it's not you. It's me. It's, 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 for real. It's not you. It's me. Most of our conflict is not you. It's just me. Is that you're not doing something I, I wanted you to do. I'm just not getting what I want. I want you to respond this way. I want you to act like this. I want you to do this. I expected this out of, I expected this in our marriage. I expected you to respond this way. And you didn't. And I didn't get what I want. And so that's why we're fighting. I, I, did, I didn't get what, what I wanted there. So way, way too many people set themselves up with unrealistic expectation. And they bring all this baggage in with them. They bring all this stuff into their marriage. All this stuff into their family from past hurts and past relationships. And you expect so much. What if you just stopped in the middle of that fight, in the middle of that conflict and said, you know what's going on here? I didn't get what I want. I just didn't get. You didn't do what I thought you were going to do. And, and, and here's the deal. When you'll do that in the middle of a conflict, you know what will happen? Immediately, tensions will begin to lower. And things will begin to simmer down. You know what I'm talking about? Things will just, things will, it, when you go, hey, it's not you, it's me. It's honestly. Not, not in a sarcastic or a smart, elegant, no, 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 no. It's seriously. I, I, I thought this is how I wanted you to act. And it's me. It's not you. I'm just, I'm kind of acting like a baby right now because I didn't get what I want. <laughs> what would happen if your kids, if you go, hey, you know what's happening right now? I, I, you didn't do what I thought you were going to do. You didn't respond how I thought you were going to respond. Let me help you with this is what I expect you to respond. What would happen to your parents if, 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 if kids, if you go, you know what, what's happening? I'm throwing a fit because I didn't get what I want. <laughs> what would happen in your marriage if you just go, this is about expectation. I'm just throwing a fit because I didn't get what I want. And I want to apologize because I, I, I'm being selfish about this argument. Every, it would suck the tension out of the fight. For all of you who like to fight, it'd be over with. You know what I'm saying? It'd be just, it would end, all the tension goes away because you take the onus and say, I, I'm doing this. This is about something that I wish was going to happen. Because James says, it starts, fighting starts. Conflict in your family begins when you just, when there's a desire that you have that's not being met, I wanted you to do something you didn't do. And then he doesn't end there. James 4 and 2 continues on. I love this part. He says, oh, by the way, you don't have because you don't ask God. Let, 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 me, end, let, let me end with this. Our musicians are coming. Let, let, let me end with, he said, you don't have because you don't ask God for this. Let me tell you what this means. Listen close. He said, you, you're fighting and there's conflict in your family because 
you didn't ask God to help you in this situation. Let me ask you what would happen. What would happen in your marriage, in your fighting, in your situation, in your conflict? What would happen if, if before you walked out of the room and told him exactly what you thought about him or told her or left her a note on the table that this is, you know, started your day off well. I thought you should know how bad you were. What would happen, listen, if you went to God and said, God, would you help before I say anything to him? Would you help, you know, our finances? Would you, would you, would you give him a raise so that, so that we don't fight about money as much as we fight? James said, as it relates to conflict, you don't have because you don't ask. You don't have because you don't ask. You, it, what would happen if instead of when you go to your daughter and you, it, what would just instead of talking about her boyfriend, what's wrong with him? How dumb? If you just go to God and go, God, would you please let that idiot leave my girlfriend alone, leave my daughter alone? Like I, I just want him to go away. God, please. I don't know where he. I know he's a child of God, but I don't want him in my family. Please let him go. He said, "You don't. Ha- you, you don't have because you don't ask God." Let me ask you this. When's the last time you prayed for your family? When's the last time you went to God and said, God, you're going to have to help in this situation. I've said everything I know how to say. I'm listening. I'm, I'm guarding my words. But you're going to have to change her heart. You're going to have to change his heart. Romans 7 says it like this. He says, I've tried everything and nothing helps. Listen, some of you are this way in your family. Don't, don't watch the musicians behind me. I want you to listen real close. Some of you are this way in your families. You've gone this whole family series saying, I've tried everything and nothing helps. I have asked, I, I, I've done everything I know how to do. I, I've, I've, I've talked different. I've tried to listen. I'm, I'm doing everything I know how to do. And he's not changing. She's not changing. Our marriage isn't getting better. Our family's not getting better. Our kids are still acting crazy and things are tough in our home and we just have no peace and there's just no joy there. And I don't know if we're going to make it. Listen close. And there are people in this room. I'm very aware in a crowd like this, there are people who are on the edge of just giving up, just walking away. This, this is just too hard. This is, I've tried everything else and nothing's helping. I have done everything I know how to do in this series. And here's what he says. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? And some of you have come to this family series asking that very question. And I love this answer. That's the real question. And then Romans 7.25 says this. The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He can do something for you. And He does. Here's the crux of the whole crazy family. Listen. Here's the end of this whole idea of your crazy family together. Mutual submission. And, and you, you, you know when you're the smartest guy in the room. And you're, you're, the, you're the one to correct your family. You're, here's the, here's how, better parenting and, 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 and just managing this tension. Here's the answer. You're going to have to learn how to submit and surrender your whole life to Jesus Christ. Some of the conflict inside of your family is because there's conflict in your own heart. It's because you're not surrendered to God and, and, and you haven't dealt with this conflict issue between you and God. And so everything else is going to... Listen, I'm, I, I just got to tell you, I, I know I'm a pastor. I know this is what I'm supposed to say, but here's what I honestly believe. If you'll get close to God, everything else will make sense. The closer you get to God, the better everything else gets. Whatever I preach to you in the next 20 years, you're, you're part of City Hill. Whatever it is, we talk about money, the closer you get to God, 
the better your finances get. We talk about relationships, the closer you get to God, the better your family gets. We talk about marriage, the closer you get to God. The closer you get to God, everything else makes sense. And if you're at the end of your rope with your family, if you're at the very end saying, man, I, I just, I don't know, I, it's still, it's still crazy, there's still conflict, there's still all kinds of fighting, and I just don't know if we can make it. Let me tell you, the good news for you today is that Jesus Christ understands, and He can do something about it. Stand to your feet all over the house. Put your Bibles on the chair beside you there, and I want you to take your family by the hand if, you, if your family's there with you. Maybe just your spouse. If your kids are there, kind of put your arms all the way around them. Even your, even your kids you don't like. Just, <laughs> I'm kidding. Put your arm around them. Now, some of y'all fought on the way here, and y'all don't even want to touch each other. Just do it for everybody else. Listen, you're going to have to surrender your family to God. It's the only way it's going to work. I know know that's what you expected to hear from church, but I'm not going to let you down. I'm not going to disappoint. That's exactly what I'm going to tell you. The only way you can deal with conflict, I want you to learn how to listen. I want you to learn how to speak right words and words of life and speak life into your family. But at the end of the day, if you're not surrendered to God, it's just not going to work. The closer you get to God, the better everything in your life is going to get. It just is. It just is. So my prayer for you is that over the course of the next couple of weeks during the holidays and sort of going into 2017, as we wrap up this year and you look back over the big fights of 2016, you know, the ones you, you didn't sleep on in the same bed or same room or same house, or the ones where your kids walked out, slammed the door, 16, 17 years old, and drove off and told you how much they hated you, the ones where you fought about money and the ones where you're thinking about Christmas, you think about going back to your mama's house or her mama's house. All those fights and conflict. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get close to God. This holiday season, I want you to get as close as you can to God. No better time to come home to Jesus Christ than at Christmas. No better time to say, you know what, we got to get this right. No better time to call your parents and say, I'm sorry, we got to get this right. Call your in-laws and say, I'm sorry, we got to get this right. Go look at your spouse in the eyes and say, we got we got to fix what's wrong with us. I, I don't want to have a crazy family. <laughs> we can be different. We, we, we can have a lot of different stuff going on. Some of you single adults, before you get married, listen, you're going to have to learn how to deal with it. Get as close as you can to God. You know the best thing you can give your spouse? Get as close as you can to God. Get as close as you can to God. Listen, you can have the house. You can have a better job. You can get all that. You know the best thing you can do if you're trying to have kids? You you can get everything squared away. Read all the books you want to read. What to expect when you're expecting. Let me tell you what to expect. Craziness. That's what to expect when you're expecting. Just get as close as you can to God. Just get as close as you can. And you're going to do all right. You're going to be be an okay parent. You're going to be an okay wife. You're going to be a good husband. If you'll just get as close as you can to Jesus Christ. So bow your heads, let me pray for you. Father, I pray for everybody in the room and different families and family dynamics. And God, I pray for people who are struggling right now and this conflict and sort of what's going on and how, how bad it has gotten. Some of them, it's just it's so tough right now. Father, I pray for just peace. I speak peace over them. I, I speak into their families. I speak into, into their in their their kids and their marriages and 
I just pray for peace. I pray that, that you, would, you would heal what's been broken. I pray stuff that's maybe carried on from this year or from last year, from years and past relationships and maybe past marriages or just brokenness. I just pray for healing to come. Thank you.